Hello, world, and welcome to Liquid Sound, a show dedicated to music, songwriting, and the creative process. I'm your host, Gino Bran, and we're brought to you in cooperation with the Liquid Arts Network. Today, our guest is Cece Kim. Cece is a vocalist and a voice actor currently based out of Seoul, Korea. She was born here in Busan and moved to New York as a young child and spent a lot of her life bouncing back and forth between Korea and the States. Cece lived much of the last decade in Paris, but she's recently moved back to Seoul, where she is working as a singer and a voice actor. On this episode, we listened to some of her music, and we had a wide-ranging conversation about what it's like to sing in different languages, accidentally stealing from your heroes, her career as a voice actor, and lots more. And we had a chance to do a live performance of one of her songs. Now, the first of her tracks we listened to was a new one called Cake. And I will let Cece introduce the song and tell the story behind it. This recording was played by uh, you. So I think you played the bass. (laughs) (laughs) I think you played two types of guitars. Sound like right. the yeah. acoustic guitar and um, the electric guitar, I think. <laughs> and then I think at some point you pulled out the ukulele, but I'm not sure if you play. Did I? Yeah, you had a ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite instrument. Yes, my favorite instrument. Um, and uh, Jim Bacho. The one and only. Yeah, played the cajon and um, a cushion. Yes. And it was... <laughs> It was recorded at um, Michael Levesque's right studio, home mm-hmm. studio, and that was a fun day. And I think I had written a version of this song prior to the recording, and then while you were outside, I changed the entire song. I rewrote the song. Yeah, <laughs> and Mike Levesque ended up um, fusing the two songs together. That's why you kind of hear like a a melody behind the main melody. It was originally a really sad, maudlin sob story of a song, and then now it's like a little bit less of a self-pitying sad story of a song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in that short time, you gained some insights about the song. Oh, perhaps. yeah, because I was singing it, and I was like, nobody wants to hear this. I was like, <laughs> this is really sad. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I changed it. Now we have like two songs in one. I love it.
CC Kim. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful tune.、Mm-hmm. You speak three different languages:、mm-hmm. French, English, and、Korean. my native and, Korean. Yeah, and yes. Korean. <laughs> Do you think there's like different emotions that you can convey depending on what language you're singing in? Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. I love singing and writing in Korean. Because it's so, the emotions are so raw. And、um, I feel like there's also a bit of a feminine energy to some of the Korean singing that I do. I'm not saying that singing in Korean is inherently feminine,、mm-hmm. but I think there is something very delicate about how you have to, how you need to sing.、Uh, you can't over sing. That's why you hear a lot of K pop that sounds like, <gasps> you know?、Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a lot of breathing, like you know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just how the language was designed to for singing that kind of raw emotion. Usually, that the emotion is sadness、mm-hmm. and、um, longing and all that. Han. Yes, hot.、Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. See, yeah. And then French and English. Um, I don't know about English because you know, obviously. There's so much content. Everybody sings in English, and everybody、mm-hmm. brings a different flavor、right. into English singing. French is, I think, a lot more like Korean in a weird way, but also French.、Um, French singer songwriters tend to be very, very wordy in a good way. The lyrics themselves are very, very、uh, musical and aesthetic. Like、mm-hmm. they're aesthetically pleasing, and、mm-hmm. so they use how beautiful their language is. Because let's face it, it's so beautiful to design the song structure.、Mm-hmm. And so sometimes they would even just play with sounds, and it doesn't even really mean anything. Yeah. And that kind of singing was that kind of、uh, songwriting was, I think, developed pretty much like in the sixties, and sixties. So if you hear a lot of old French pop. They really they play with the sounds, and they do have meaning. But then they're not trying to really make a statement. These songs they're just trying to paint a pretty picture、mm-hmm. with sound, and I really like that about French singing. I'm not that good at it because it's not my native language. I'm、mm. not. I'm least comfortable with French, but I'm also very fascinated by it. And so there's so much.、Um, Like the phrasing of the words is, I think, the most important when it comes to French singing, as opposed to like how you project. Because a lot of the English, I'm sorry, I'm going on a ramble, no, but like,、yeah. <laughs> um, I think with a lot of genres in 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 English, there are particular like you know certain styles need to be like they have to be respected, right? So in rock, like. You sing a certain way,、mm-hmm. and you're kind of expected to sing, to be stylized. Do you、mm-hmm. see what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah. Whereas I think in in France there's a little bit more freedom,、mm-hmm. as long as the words are respected. And there's so many influences too, because they colonized a lot of African countries, right? Right, right. Yeah, and those people brought in their music. Yeah, yeah. So, do you remember the first song that you ever wrote? Yes, I do. It was a ripoff of、um, this one song, <laughs>、um, this one Alanis Morissette song called.、Um, oh man, what was it called? I am not done by your fascinating. 
Oh yeah, uninvited. Uninvited. You're I love that song. Yeah, yeah, that that's it was a rip off. It was a complete rip off of that song because I think <laughs> <laughs> I loved that song so much that I was trying to write something that was kind of similar, and I ended up just completely ripping it off. <laughs> that was the first th- song that I wrote, and that was also the first time I think I was about thirteen mm-hmm. or fourteen. That was the first time that I actually understood how to come up with my own p- chord progressions. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know that people had to do that to write songs. Mm. I thought that you wrote a melody out of your head. Okay. Like Mozart allegedly did. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. like just out of nowhere, yeah. an entire melody would come to you. Yeah. And then you would arrange it. I thought that that was how it worked. But then um, I was like, wait a minute. And then I, like, I had to figure out which chords went with the melody. That... And then the song, I realized, after you have the chord progression it kind of writes its own self. Mm. And you probably know what that what that means. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, because the, 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 the chord progression is kind of like the most important. It kind of structures the whole thing. Yeah. And then I also realized after I went to music school that I had r- written a 32-bar song, which is like the standard songwriting san- standard. Mm-hmm. But I had done that instinctively. Yeah. <laughs> and that was really amazing. And yeah, I think that it just kind of went on from there. Cool. But you play piano? I like barely play the piano. Okay. Like I, I kind of know my way around the chords. But if you ask me to sing whilst playing, like I did once at a liquid arts event, then I will definitely play the wrong note <laughs> or three. <laughs> and I get really, I get stage fright when it comes to playing the keys because, um, you know, each keyboard set is different. Oh, yeah. So if I'm practicing on a real piano and then I, you know, I have to play another set of keyboard, then I would, it's like, what What am I doing? My fingers don't really understand what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I barely play. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a particular um, process though when you're, when you're writing songs or do you usually collaborate with other people then that will come up with the chords? Right. Yeah. So professionally, I'm, I'm a voice actor. Primarily, but I also do a lot of commercial jingles. Mm-hmm. And usually I would have to, I would end up writing the lyrics and some of the melody. And what happens in that situation is that the, the producer will send me like a beat, you know, what mm. they, what they call it, like a beat, like the instrumental. And then I'd have to write the melody over it. I see. That is, comes extremely natural to me. Like it's like so easy now because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> I do it almost every week yeah and so it if you send me like a nice chord progression it's very like the melody comes pretty naturally but then if i have to come up with my own chord progression and uh if i have to come up with my own like like if i have to figure out which time signature would go with this song that i'm trying to write Mm -hmm. then i would probably tear my hair out (laughs) So let's listen to mm-hmm. a song that you've brought in called, is it Poison yes. or Poisson? Yeah, it's good. No, it's Poison. Okay. It's in English, yeah. Right. And this is a song that you recorded in France with your French band? Yes, okay. yes. So I had a, uh, the one full-length album that I released in my entire life. I released in France um, under the name Zelda and the Lions. That was the name of my band. And uh, it was, it consisted of a drummer, bass player, piano player, guitar player, and myself. And uh, this is a 
tango that I attempted to write. And it sounds, it doesn't even sound like a real tango. Um, and there were so many things that I ripped off of um, Carlos Gardel, to be really honest. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Um, especially in, I had vaguely heard this melody that goes, okay and like years ago and i didn't know where i'd heard it mm -hmm. and i was like i must have come up with it because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i can't find it i never heard it again and then i put it in this song that melody and then years like two years later i was listening to to a carlos gardel recording and then it was definitely from this recording this tune called pobre colombiana and i had completely ripped off that <laughs> um so legally it's not an issue because you have to rip off exactly eight bars mm. of something mm -hmm. for it to be an issue legally mm -hmm. i mean all art is you know, there's a bit of imitation and everything, right? No, but that I straight okay. up ripped off. <laughs> that was a complete ripoff. Yeah. And this is kind of how I write, I think. Like, if I vaguely remember... Because you listen to so... I mean, you hear so much music mm -hmm. that everything that you end up writing, you it's, it's just an interpretation. I think uh, I was watching that... A Star is Born with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Mm -hmm. I Lady hated Gaga. that movie. Yeah, okay. I hated that movie, which is another conversation. I mean, I did, it, it was a well-done movie. I just don't like this tortured artist theme mm. all, very much. Um, it was heartbreaking. I cried. Okay. <laughs> but I insist I hated Tears of rage. <laughs> no, I was, <laughs> I was like really into it and I cried and I loved the song, but then I'm going to say that I hate it because, you know, I don't want to be... I just don't want that kind of energy in my life. I don't want tortured artist energy. And I rather, I prefer to have not seen the movie. But in that movie, somebody says to, I think without giving out any spoilers, somebody says to somebody, <laughs> music, it's just the same 12 notes, right? Mm -hmm. That's also very culturally biased because in some cultures you know there are more than it's true. 12 notes yeah. right but in western music it's the same 12 notes and it's how you see those 12 notes mm -hmm. that makes or breaks a musician a songwriter and i totally agree with that and um it's sort of like we repeat we reinterpret what we've already heard mm -hmm. a lot of times um, so I think that's what you were talking about when you say when you said that every artist reinterprets or you know yeah. imitates or whatever. But this was straight up like a rip yeah. off, rip off, okay. like a like I had stolen this phrase <laughs> from Carlos Cardell. So I just wanted to make that clear, <laughs> not have anyone point it out. Like, oh, that sounds a lot like. <laughs> Other than that, completely I original. Imagine nobody would have done yeah. that, but. I'm glad that you were honest with us. <laughs> Didn't think that it would harm you. What good is beauty when you're so insecure? Always think you're the exception What good is love when it turns you into a fool? You're
Poison by Zelda and the Lions. Mm -hmm. Check it out. The album was called? Zelda and... No, it was called Poison, actually. Oh, okay. Title track from the album Poison. Um, I wanted to talk a bit about recording. You mentioned that you are doing voice acting. Mm -hmm. How did you first get into that? Mm, I actually was replacing somebody last minute. Okay. My first voice acting gig was probably back in Paris um, when I subbed for somebody Mm -hmm. for an ad. Mm -hmm. I think it was... I actually forgot what the product was exactly, but there was some English in there that had to be done by a native English speaker, and I was the closest thing to that that they had access to, so Mm -hmm. I um, did that. And then when I came back to Korea, I was living with one of the top English voice actors in Korea. Wow. She was my roommate, Mm -hmm. and she had several agents and she was one day she was like hey like they really need to replace this person and i can't do it so can you do it and then i did it and it just took off from there and i had i was out of work at the time i was totally unemployed yeah so um i started doing this as a temporary thing but then it just really took off mm-hmm. and it's been 3 years 3 years yeah. you're going to stick with it you think I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think um, out of all of the careers I've had, this is by far the most enjoyable one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just really no contest. And then it also gets more and more interesting as it gets challenging. Yeah. And I think that probably means that I enjoy it a lot. So I think um, as long as they'll hire me. I'll, right. Yeah. <laughs> what was it like the first time that you heard yourself in a, in like a commercial, do you remember? I mean, I love the sound of my own voice. It's a beautiful voice. And I particularly enjoy hearing the sound of my speaking voice. Mm. Um, A lot of people think that my singing voice is my main thing, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, I love the sound of my whisper tone. (laughs) For all you ASMR people out there. So when I first heard my voice on TV, I was like, well, of course I'm on TV. (laughs) (laughs) It just makes so much sense that I'm hearing this and everybody should hear me. Um, I'm actually serious. Like, I really thought that it was so natural Mm -hmm. when I heard myself. Well, it's funny because, you know, I think some large percentage of people, when they hear themselves, their recorded voice, they do not like it. I love But you are that. not one of those people. <laughs> I'm not one of those people at all. <laughs> and then I also have my work voice. Obviously, like, you know, there's several other voices that I use when I work. Okay. I don't sound like this. Okay. And I love that. It just came really naturally. It's like this very affected, affected like, <laughs> you know, very... <laughs> What's the work voice? I mean, usually it's like, um, let me let me read this book. Oh, yeah. In front of me. <laughs> I don't know why I'm really embarrassed right now. But, you know, it would sound something like more like this. Reaching back to a historical trauma well before her own time. Like it would sound more like that Mm. as opposed to this vocal fry-ish voice that I'm using right now. (laughs) And, um, yeah, that came really naturally to me. Okay. Yeah. I also, I mean, I speak three languages. Right. So I do have a very um, particular sensitivity to sound. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I think that I'm good at, pro- I'm probably good at imitating things, which I'm sure you are too. I could see you doing this. Yeah, I'm a bit of a mimic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you mimic? 
Like, would like what would like? Here, you read this. Okay. Yeah. Let's see it. Let's see if I could be a voice actor. Mm -hmm. Reaching back to a historical trauma well before her own time. That's great. Is that okay? Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. See, I got to move the soul. Yeah, you could probably do it too. (laughs) So during the Mm. obviously we're in this pandemic times, um, but the work is still coming, or for the most part, yeah. If anything, I think there's possibly more work Mm -hmm. than usual now in the very beginning i don't think like people were really confused as to what like everybody else so everything stopped yeah and i think everybody thought that you know if you go out you're going to get corona Mm -hmm. and then if you get corona you're gonna die that was sort of like the message that everybody was getting in the very beginning back in march so everything stopped and i was really really scared i thought oh what am i gonna do now I'm going to have to look for another career, but what else could I possibly do just in case this, and then a part of me has this weird imposter syndrome. So I was like, oh, well then that's that. They finally, you know, I'm totally going to be, I'm probably going to be one of those people who are going to be replaced by either a robot or somebody better and cheaper. So that's what I thought was going to happen. Um, But so far, we still haven't been replaced by robots because mm-hmm. I think people still want to hear people read, you know, things. There's more work. It's it's also, you could do this remotely. And so you could have a client base that is international. Sure. So it's becoming one of them. But also a lot of actors who used to do theater and on-camera work went into voice acting during the pandemic. Mm. And so um, the competition is getting a, like a bit fierce. But So you do a bit of acting then yeah. as well? Yeah. It's not just only commercial jingles or? No, no, yeah. no, not just commercials. Um, mm. Only voice acting though. I, I don't do a lot of camera acting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What are some roles that you've done recently? Mm, I played a few characters in this video game called V4. Okay. That came out through Nexon, I think. Another one called King's Raid from another company. Nice. Have you ever played these games or? No. Not really a gamer. (laughs) (laughs) But now I I watch the gameplay videos online because I'm, you know, I can, that's the only way I get to hear my voice without (laughs) actually playing the games. Yeah. And uh, I've been looking, I've been watching them a lot and it's quite mesmerizing. I was like, okay, I can understand why there are YouTube videos of people playing games. Yeah, and then I I do a lot of children's animations, uh, none of which I can really recall. (laughs) (laughs) You Um, have a little children's voice too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can we get a little taste? Um, So I'm really bad at little girl voices because it sounds vaguely sexual, and I don't know why. Uh This has been like a recurring... It's a little too much Betty Boop. It's a little too... (laughs) Like, it's just there's a little too much air in Mm -hmm. it, I think, maybe. Like a Marilyn Monroe-esque. Possibly. And it's like I've been told that it was vaguely inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And so I do mostly little boy voices, which I modeled after Bart Simpson because sure. Bart Simpson has been played by a woman mm-hmm. all these Cartwright, years. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's amazing. And so I can't really imitate Bart Simpson's mm-hmm. voice, but I could kind of understand what she does. <laughs> and basically you 
use a really nasally voice, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And then if you're a boy, you can like also sound a little bit dumb. <laughs> Whereas girls have to sm- sound like really smart. Mm. I don't know why that's the case, but like a lot of the boys are just, they have a lot of like, uh. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the girls just talk normally uh-huh. without the uhs. But then if you're playing a boy character, they expect you to throw in a lot of those like, uh, well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and so as long as you do, you know, you stick to that formula, even if it's a different character, the voice that you're doing, that general boy voice is probably going to work. Mm-hmm. And so you just need to figure out what your boy voice is. <laughs> it sounds so horrible. Okay, guys, figure out what your boy voice is. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm not one of the better ones at this type of acting. I usually do, I play the older women. Mm. I usually play most of the older women, like grandmas and mm-hmm. uh, 30-somethings and uh, the extremely slutty, you know, characters. Mm. Okay. Um, the My boy voice isn't as good as it should be, so... That go those kind of roles come go to the more skilled actors. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wide range, though, you know. It's wide enough, but yeah. a lot of the the voice actors who who work consistently have a wider range. Mm-hmm. I I just I think I'm typecast a little bit more mm-hmm. than they are. Okay, I wanted to talk a little bit about performing mm-hmm. performance, right? Are you playing with a band currently? No. Okay. Not at all. I think um, what happened was, well, the pandemic happened. Right. Um, and also, even before that, it was just so hard to, my all of my band members, Yeah. they play so much. So it was so hard to get them together for a gig, unless it was like a, a good gig that pay, pays good money. And so we didn't. We ended up not playing very often towards mm-hmm. the end. And when you don't play often together, you kind of lose the touch. Sure. And so I think, I mean, I would love to get the band back together at some point, but then I don't really need to perform that often. Mm-hmm. So I would rather have them take the more lucrative gigs than, you know, pull them down to my level. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I don't really have a band currently. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite type of gig to perform at? Hmm. Either it's like a really large audience yeah. of like, you know, uh, where I have a microphone with a sound system that allows me to have a lot of reverb and makes me sound really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love those, <laughs> you know, where they have lighting and like, you know, oh. this like sound engineers are in the back, like smoke kind of machines, yeah, like smoke machines and all that, mm-hmm. because those gigs, like you, you don't have to really perform that well to sound and look good. Like they just make you their job, like there are all these professionals around you to make you sound so good. Um, either that yeah, <laughs> or the really intimate ones where you're barely even mic'd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I don't, I'll I'll tell you what I don't enjoy. I don't do the restaurant gigs that Mm -hmm. much anymore because it's really loud. And then I keep trying to like hear myself Mm -hmm. and sing louder to hear myself. And I think that damages your voice a little bit. Mm -hmm. What do you think? 
You gig a lot, though. Yeah. yeah. I, I like everything. Yeah? Yeah. So you like gigging. You like playing live. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like playing anywhere. Campfires or, mm. you know, festivals, mm -hmm. anything mm -hmm. in between. Do you mostly play solo or with a band? Uh, well, uh, really anything. I guess these days it's mostly been solo. But, you know, I kind of wonder if post-pandemic, you know, will there be... I think there's still an appetite for live music. Oh, for sure, yeah. But, you know, what's going to happen in a year? What's mm. going to happen in two years? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say that things will go back to normal at some point, mm -hmm. but probably not as quickly as we would need them to. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's. I think there's definitely an appetite for live music more than ever because people just want to be like they they want something tangible like they want something real because mm -hmm. we're so used to looking at things through screens now right uh well should we perform a song yes so i want to explain why we're performing together before we perform together unless right. you want to do it i know okay <laughs> <laughs> so gino and i met specifically to perform together <laughs> like with um, I think Kay introduced us because we both play music. And uh, and then he, I think he told me that you were pretty much the person to know in Busan. Oh, like, okay. You know, if I'm ever going to do anything here. <laughs> like, And I was like, yeah, sure. And then um, it was you and like Robert Coates that mm -hmm. he really specifically wanted me to meet. And um, I was like, great, guitar players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dime a dozen. <laughs> but I saw you guys play, okay. and I was like, these are some really good guitar players. And I didn't know. I had no idea. Like, both you and Robert were just, like, absolutely phenomenal. And um, immediately, as soon as I got a gig in Busan, I was, instead of um, trying to find somebody in Seoul to come with me, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, I totally know these awesome musicians in Busan. <laughs> So I called you, I think, for a gig last year. And that's when we finally, like, actually talked. I don't think we ever talked right. before this happened. Mm -hmm. And then I think I, like, basically re-met you for real at your house um, for pretty much the first time when I went there for rehearsal. And the rehearsal was so smooth. I yeah. was like, oh, my God, I feel like I've, I've been singing with this person for my entire life. And then I kept bothering you about gigs and re recordings mm. since November last year. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to do it. The song is Chocolate, right? Yes. So we've had cake. Mm -hmm. We've had chocolate. Your honey toast yeah. on SoundCloud. I'm, yeah. I'm sensing a theme. Yes. Are you so hungry? I was. Actually, no, I'm always snack? hungry. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I like food, obviously. Um, <laughs> But I was trying to work on an album. There's also a song called Coffee. Right. Um, I was trying to work on an album that was dessert-themed. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, maybe these songs will be used for, you know, commercial purposes. Well, I mean, I think the kind of music that you do, sort of the right. jazzy, neo-soul, mm -hmm. hip-hop-infused um vocal music really does work well in a cafe mm -hmm. yeah so, yeah for sure yeah. i mean in any if anybody wants to use my music for any purpose <laughs> whatsoever 
They are entirely welcome to. I'm, for me, like, I'm so cheap. If you want to listen to, if you want to use my music for anything, I will probably say yes to any price. <laughs> um, um, as much as I, you know, I'm supposed to hate the whole, like, playing for exposure thing, uh-huh. I will definitely <laughs> That's true. I will too. I'll gripe yeah. about it, but yes, I'll do it. I'll gripe. I don't think I'll even gripe about it at this point. But as long as it's good exposure, not all exposure is created equal, right? That's a good point. Yeah. 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 Uh, this song is called Chocolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in Korean. It is in Korean. Could you tell us what it's about? Oh, it's yeah. it's about um, chocolate is inherently bitter as opposed to sweet. Mm. We think that chocolate is sweet, right? We associate it with sweetness, but yeah. the actual cacao is very bitter and so it's a song about somebody who was willing to do anything because you know they are so desperate for this person's attention okay. for the attention of the object of their affection <laughs> <laughs> and it's a song about desperation <laughs> so yeah are we gonna do you have your guitar with you i do yeah okay let's just get it set up all right all right cool Thank you. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Liquid Sound. We'd like to give a huge thanks to Cece Kim for coming in and sharing her music and her stories. If you'd like to hear more of her music, you can find her on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash kim which is S-I-U-N dash K-I-M. And check out the video for Chocolate on YouTube by searching for Cece Sheehan Kim. You can also hear the Zelda and the Lions EP on Bandcamp at zeldaandthelions.bandcamp.com. And you can even find her on Instagram at M-M-I-E-L-S-A-U-V-A-G-E, which I'm told is French for wild honey. And of course, all of those links are available in the description notes of this episode. For upcoming info about the Liquid Arts Network, you can check us out at liquidartsnetwork.com. If you or someone you know would like your music featured on our show, just shoot us an email at liquidsoundpodcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you've heard today, please share the show with your friends, subscribe to the Liquid Sound Podcast, and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help listeners find us. On behalf of everyone at the Liquid Arts Network team, we thank you so very much for listening to the show. And until next time, support independent music, support your local arts community, and support each other. And we will see you down the line. Jen, take it away. I came to my sin.